What's up, everybody? It's IBS Eases coming at you guys live with an episode of Head to Head for the week of June 30th. Cody, are you there? Yes, sir. All right. I I just got dropped, so I got that out the way early. Uh, I'm directly <laughs> connected uh, through Blog Talk. Um, hopefully, I'll stay connected. If not, I've got my phone close by. Um, I can use that as well. Uh, for people who might be listening live, uh, this is Head to Head. The way we do this is me and Cody go through a list of topics, and um, we each get a minute and a half to answer the topics. Uh, after a minute and, like, 20 seconds, if somebody's still talking, you're here to tap. Um, and then at the end of the actual three minutes, you will hear a sound. And then we just switch topics. Uh, anything that's left open-ended we usually cover in overtime which is the last five ten minutes of the show all right so um we will go ahead and get this thing rolling you ready cody i'm ready all right first topic when is enough enough how long should kevin durant give okc before he leaves i think kevin durant i'd give it two years um i would Go ahead and take a two-year deal, maybe a one-year, uh, where you can opt out after the first year, I should say. Um, you know, it's the team is really making a lot of moves. I like the um, Older Depot trade before or during the draft, I should say. And, you know, I know Russell Westbrook actually becomes a free agent after next year. So if I'm KD, I'm going to sign a two-year deal. I'm going to see what happens this year with the Thunder, see if we can make it to the to the championships, maybe win the finals. And if not, if Russell Westbrook leaves, maybe I stay in that two-year contract. I don't opt out, and I see what it's like to run the team without Russell Westbrook. Maybe he does better. Who knows? But I, I'm taking a two-year deal, um, and if it doesn't work out, go ahead and leave. All right, I think um... – I think he should take a two-year deal with a player option for a third year. Um, just because I had to look it up myself, I didn't know exactly how old he was. I just knew he was under 30. But uh, Kevin Durant's 27 years old, so uh, he's still got a little bit of time. You know, he's not at that age where he has to be, but so desperate. And uh, OKC has done a lot uh, to try to make that team um, not just competitive but better. And uh, they got rid of the coach, and they brought in um, – they brought in my man Billy Donovan, who seemed to kind of reach the team at the end of the season. Um, so I think there's a reason for him to be optimistic and stay. Uh, they traded Serge Ibaka, and I, I didn't mind the trade just because young Sabonis is a beast. Um, I think he'll do well uh, with that team. And it's um, it's just one of those situations where he, he's kind of stuck. You know, Russell Westbrook is his, uh, is his go-to guy, his wingman. Uh, they've been in this thing for a while. Um, and Billy Donovan, I mean, it was his first year, and he almost got them to the NBA Finals. So there's a reason to be optimistic and, and hang around just a little bit. But I'm against him fully investing in some long-term deal, especially when he doesn't know Russell Westbrook's uh, plans for his future. And also he doesn't know um, how far this OKC uh, team will actually go with the pieces that they have now. So, Two years in, in a player option, uh, if, if he can swing that, I think is more than enough. 
All right. Um, you got the next topic? Yeah. Um, good luck, Andrew. Life worth the money. Uh, uh, it's it's so hard to um to really figure out you know this this NFL free agency and how they do these contracts. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if he's worth the uh, the money. Um, if you ask me, I don't think he's worth the money because he he's turnover prone. Um, yeah, they they get halfway far with him um in that weak division but I just feel like the investment is just is just too much man but I, I understand why he got as much money as he did um just based off of the market value and then his guarantee is, is pretty good for a quarterback is is really good actually. Um but I'm I'm not feeling it at all. <laughs> and uh I I'll just go ahead and just answer it bluntly. No, he's not worth the money and I'm going with bad luck. The NFL cap is going to continue to rise each and every year, and contracts are going to continue to rise each and every year. And I'm, I don't mind a franchise paying a player that they feel is going to lead them to, to greatness. And I think Andrew Luck can do that with the Colts. I understand, you know, his first few years in the league, uh, he was very turnover prone, but. You know, I think he threw for 40 touchdowns the year before last. He was hurt last year, so I kind of put that as a wash. But, you know, since he became the starter for the Colts, you know, they went, they've gone 11-5 each and every year, and he's advanced one more round every single year as he's made the playoffs. So, I mean, a six-year $140 million deal, yes, that's huge, $87 million guaranteed. That is a lot of money, but as I said, the, the cap is going to continue to rise. I think that he is a franchise quarterback. I think he is a leader, and I mean, I think the best, his best football is ahead of him. I mean, you know, we we get so caught up in what he's done, or you know, I guess all the hype before the draft. Everybody's saying the lightning normally does strike twice, but it is with the Colts because they're going to get like another Peyton Manning. But, I mean, he's only been in the league for four or five years. He still has a lot of good football left. He's still learning. So, I think this was good luck for the Colts, and I think Andrew Luck is, will take the Colts very far in the near future. All right. Um, next topic, supply and demand. Who is the most underrated NBA free agent uh, on the market right now? That's a tough question. It is so many free agents out there. But if I had to pick one, wow. I'm, you know what? I know he's old, and maybe I'm being a little biased because I'm a big fan of him, but I'm still going with I'm going with Dirk. Okay, Dirk, he, um, he opted out of his contract with the Mavericks. I understand he probably only has maximum maybe two or three years left, maybe Maybe not even that, but I feel like if you're Golden State or if you're uh, San Antonio, which I know that would be a slap in the face to Mark Cuban, but you go after a guy like this because, you know, like I say, he's getting old, but I think Dirk averaged 18 points last year, and that was based off of because he was getting a lot of rest. And if he goes to San Antonio, the same will happen. But if you're Golden State, I mean, this is a great piece to pick up. He's a leader. 
he can help his team out, uh, especially, like I said, he can give you that 15 to 18 points a game. And as his career uh, went on, he got better on the the boards getting rebounds. So I'm going to go with Dirk. All right, I'm going to go with um, somebody that is near and dear to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Nicholas Batum, man. I, I think uh, Nicholas Batum is exactly what um, a couple of teams like the Warriors and the um, the Cavs, who are already established winning teams, uh, he's the type of player that they that they need to to plug in. Even the um, Oklahoma City Thunder, the type of player that they can plug in. And he's going to fill that role of perimeter defender um, and also a three-point shooter. Because a lot of these teams lack a true perimeter defender uh, to guard, you know, not necessarily Steph Curry's, but a Clay Thompson, uh, the, the shooting guards. And then also uh, to guard guys that are versatile, like a Paul George and stuff like that, that can move around. Um, he can roll into one of those small lineups and they're not going to miss a beat uh, his, his handles are above average. Um, he can, he can handle the ball. Um, he makes smart passes. He's an intelligent player and um, he's, he's a long lanky guy. And I think he can help out a lot of these teams. I expect him to draw uh, a lot more interest um, after people get over guys like Chandler Parsons and stuff like that. Once they wake up and, and smell the coffee, but um, Nicholas Batum to me is, is the, the guy that's going to take one of these uh, top tier teams and make them better. And I don't think you can say that about uh, anybody, but like a Kevin Durant and stuff like that, like a legitimate superstar. But when you're talking about somebody that's free agency that, you know, could potentially leave a team and uh, help out in a role or even as a uh, starter, I think Nicholas Batum is that guy. All right. Peace. Better have my money. <laughs> Is there a chance Vaughn Miller does not play this season? Uh, I think there is a very good chance that he does not play uh, based off of what he's asking for. Um, he wants, from what people are saying, up to $70 million guaranteed for three years. I mean, we just talked about uh, the guarantee on um, Andrew Luck, and it was, what, around the $80 million range? 87. So, 87. All right, so $87 million is going to Andrew Luck, and you're talking about a position that gets paid in regards to the quarterback position. It's the most important position on the football field, $87 million, and this guy wants $70 million. I mean, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, nobody can afford that. And even if you talk him down, I don't think he's going to get more than about $45, million, uh, from most teams just based off the fact that it's the position that he plays. Yes, it's important, but as some people have proven, a lot of times you don't necessarily need a big-name uh, pass rusher if you've got the right system and the right scheme. Um, Von Miller is a, is a game-changer. But is he a $70 million game changer? Absolutely not, in my opinion. Not guaranteed. Um, it would have to be some incentives in there. Uh, the Broncos don't really have the cap space for that anyway. So, no, I, don't, I think it's a good chance he doesn't play. 
Now, the thing is, and I understand, I totally get it, why Vaughn Bentley wants $70 million guaranteed. And the thing that really hurt the Broncos the most was the Eagles giving Fletcher Cox that huge deal. He, I think he had $63 million guaranteed. So, if I'm Vaughn Miller, I'm thinking I'm the best defensive player in the league. Of course, I'm going to want more money guaranteed than, or more money in general than what Fletcher Cox got. So, I totally understand it. Now, will he get that? I don't think he's going to get it from Denver. We all know John Elway is very cheap. So, I do think that he plays, and I think that he would be dumb not to. And the reason I say that is because his value could really get hurt a lot if, one, he comes out and – well, actually, it's only one reason. The, the Broncos lost a lot, of, a lot of players on their defense this year in free agency. But if this defense – they still have a, a, a very good nucleus. And if Vaughn Miller doesn't play but the defense still thrives and still does what they're supposed to do – Elway and the Broncos brass are going to look at it and say maybe he, you know, he had a good game in the Super Bowl and he's had good seasons, but maybe we don't need to pay him top dollar because our defense is still good. But he will get his money. There are teams that are desperate that need pass rushing help that will give out that money. But he will play. <laughs> All right. Uh, run AP run. Can Adrian Peterson break Emmitt Smith's rushing record? No doubt about it. I think Adrian Peterson breaks it. It is no doubt about it. Um, you know, I sat back and I looked just to see exactly how much was he behind, and he's behind about um, 6,680 yards. So, you know, you look at that and you, you first think, how many years does AP still have in the league? And I honestly think that with him being suspended the year before last, that might have actually helped him get this record in the future because – he played one game that season, was suspended to the rest of the season, and it's almost like his body had a chance to kind of refresh. I mean, we see he didn't lose anything when he came back last season and ran over 1,400 yards. So, AP, I think that he still has three top-level years left in him. I think that he's going to hit the 1,500-yard rushing mark in about two of those seasons. So, I mean, that almost sets that, that uh, deficit half. So, I say that he does break it. Um, he's a competitive guy, and he's been known to talk about this to the media, and I think this is something that he really wants. So, he's going to go He's going go down fighting for it. I don't think he's going to break the record. Um, I think the Vikings are going to eventually – transition away from an AP heavy offense. Um, it might not work out in their favor, but the fact remains that when people put eight in the box and, and they gun to stop Adrian Peterson, uh, they have found a way to beat the Vikings. So I think they're going to change up some, some things from a strategic standpoint, and that's going to affect his, uh, his rushing attempts. And then also if he does somehow miraculously uh, break this record, I can guarantee you it won't be with the Vikings. I don't think they're going to keep him around that much longer. Um, I mean, the year off probably did help him uh, from a, a healing standpoint, but I, I just I just don't see I just don't see anybody uh, letting a running back hang around as long as Emmitt Smith did. And you got to think about like he was awful on his way to breaking that record. Like the last 
year or two. I think he was with the Cardinals. He was getting like two yards a carry. Like it's, <laughs> it's just not going to – I mean, in today's league, I just don't see anybody having that type of sympathy uh, to, to pay somebody – and and then you know AP's got an ego. Um, you know he's he's used to playing at such a high level. He's used to being the feature back. I just can't see him going somewhere being um, the the short yardage back or something in the latter part of his career. He just seems too prideful for that, and he would just retire. Um, I think he's going to fall a little bit short though, just just off of age and and just overall scheme and just how the game of uh, football is transitioning away from such a run heavy attack. I just don't see anybody, you know, utilizing him in that manner. World Series or bust? Which two teams will face off in the World Series this year? Uh, I mean, every time I pick somebody, they just look like crap this week. <laughs> I did a power ranking, and I had the Rangers at the top and, and then followed closely by the Cubs. And and neither team seems to have a bullpen that wants to win, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Giants because it's an even year, and everybody knows about the Giants in an even year. And to be honest with you, I just I like what I see out of the people that they they've called up, and um, what they're doing um, as a team right now. Even though they are also having one of the worst series that they could possibly have this year, and uh, losing three games to the uh, Athletics. But come postseason, I can depend on the Giants to do what's necessary. I still think it's unfamiliar water to the Cubs um, just as a team. And then they're still young. I just see the Giants beating them off of poise uh, when it matters the most. So I got the Giants in the National League. Uh, In the American League, I'm going to go with the – none of these guys have pitching. (laughs) I'm going to run with the Astros. I'm I'm just going to put that – Put put a X factor out there. I like the Astros. They're young. Uh, their bats are coming around, and they're such a boom or bust team that when you condense the style of baseball into a playoff format, I think teams that f- uh, swing freely like the uh, Astros do, I think they do better uh, come postseason because they're they're used to swinging on the first pitch and, and, and taking chances and being aggressive. So I think this that this year could possibly be their year as a uh, team to sneak up on people. Before the season started, I said it was going to be the Cubs and the Red Sox. And both teams are playing very good right now. But I'm going to stick with the Cubs, even though they've had bad luck for over a century. I think that this is the year that they – make it to the World Series. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but um, I am going to change my pick out of the AL, though, but it is staying in the AL East. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Orioles. Um, I like what the Orioles are doing. Trumbo is having a great season. Machado, he's having a good season. I like their bullpen. I like their rotation, and I do think that they're going to be players come to the trade deadline to make some moves to actually shore up that pitching staff. So, I'm going with the Cubs. I mean, I think I'm with you with the Giants, I understand, even year. And that's who my two teams were down to as far as the NL goes. It was either the Cubs or the Giants. But I think that the Cubs, I mean, they've been in a drought the last maybe 10 to 15 games, but I'd rather them go ahead and get the drought over with and then finish strong and have a lot of momentum into the postseason. So, I'm going Cubs versus Orioles. 
a cut above the rest. Who are your AL and NL MVPs? This was tough. This was tough. Um, in the NL, I'm actually going with somebody who his team is not winning for sure. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs at all. And I know some of that does factor into uh, the voting. But I'm going with uh, Nolan Arenado from the Rockies. Um, he's top 10 in hits, home runs, RBIs, and runs with 89, 21, 65, and 57, respectively. Uh, he's hitting right at 300. He's only struck out 41 times. So it's a, he's averaging about every seventh at bat striking out, which is very good. Um, I like what he's doing. Like I said, he's not on a winning team, but if he continues to post these numbers, I think that um, he can win the NL MVP. As far as the AL, I had it between two guys, and I spoke about them um, in the last segment about the Orioles, Trumbo, but I'm going with Jose Altuve uh, from the Astros. Um, He leads the AL in hits, batting average, on-base percentage, and stolen bases. Uh, the Astros are a winning team. They're in playoff contention. I think they're currently tied with the Red Sox with the uh, the first wild card spot. So those are my two picks for uh, the NL and the AL MVP awards. All right, I'm gonna roll with um, I'm gonna roll with somebody that is from the Richmond Squirrels. Uh, Farm system. Uh, I'm gonna run with Brandon Belt. Uh, he's having a really underrated uh, season. Um, he's got he's, his average is up there. He's got a lot of hits. Um, it's just the numbers don't sound as good as Arenado's. The only reason why I would fade Arenado is just off the simple fact that I know how hard it is for a non-playoff uh, person to get the uh, MVP. Now he's having a great year, but he. He plays in Colorado, and I know people are like, so what does that mean? But the Rockies are in a hitter-friendly ballpark, and I think that sways votes sometimes. Um, I think guys who don't play uh, with uh, hitter-friendly ballparks get more consideration. So I like Brandon Belt. Um, if it's not Brandon Belt uh, from the uh, San Francisco Giants, then it would probably be somebody from the Cubs like Anthony Rizzo, who's uh, lighting, lighting it up right now, or Chris Bryant. But um, – I mean, there there really is no other way around Arenado at this particular time, uh, other than the argument that I just made. So, um, if I had to put somebody up against Arenado, it would be Brandon Belt or Anthony Rizzo. Uh, in the American League, though, I am 100% sure and backing David Ortiz for MVP. Uh, he's got he's got his retirement season going. He is absolutely the best person with the bat in his hands right now, and Big Poppy is still as clutch as he ever was in 2004 all the way now to 2016. You can't you can't find somebody better when uh the pressure's on and uh leading his team uh statistically in pretty much every category and I'm pretty sure he's still leading the league in doubles as well. Um and that's impressive for a guy who can't even get to first base on a, a hit to the wall sometimes. Uh so uh <laughs> Altuve is definitely a, a a great player, and he's having a career year. But um, when it's all said and done, um, if we stack them up against each other at the end of the year, I I wouldn't be surprised if Ortiz edges him out of uh, somewhat sympathy and just also actual production. Uh, another person to keep an eye on in the American League would probably be uh, Miguel Cabrera. Uh, he's heating up right now, um, former Triple Crown winner. 
Um, if his, I've, I've seen his uh, power numbers rise over the last week or two. Uh, if that continues, you'll probably be hearing more about him. And if he's in triple crown consideration again, which is likely, uh, he would edge both of those guys that we just named. So, um, again, it's, it's an exciting baseball season. So I'm, I'm just glad we actually got discussions on that this segment. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Was that the last topic? No, we got nah, one more. We got Go one more. All right. And, hey, and feel free to take all three minutes of this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pressure bust pipes. Can Messi still lay claim to greatness after quitting on his country? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Um, I think he, I think he can, just based off of how blind most fans are. Uh, I don't think it means that much to Argentinians uh, as it would to, like, say if he was – if this was LeBron James or if this was – I mean, really, LeBron James is the closest thing uh, in America to Messi uh, in Argentina. So if this was LeBron James and USA lost the goal um, and he just said he didn't want to play anymore, uh, he would get – he would get blasted by fans and media alike. Uh, but the Argentinians and, and the soccer fans, man, they don't – I don't think they care. Um, I, I really don't. I thought Diego Maradona was going to was gonna rip him a new one, and he's out there helping organize uh, organize a mass, like, protest and begging session to get Messi back on the pitch for Argentina. So uh, I was actually disappointed in his reaction. So um, he's got claim in Argentina – but I think globally, I don't think uh, he'll have that much claim to to greatness as he once had. They'll know him for his uh, premiership, or uh, I think he plays in La Liga. Uh, so they'll know him for his club play. Um, but when it comes to, like, the World Cup and stuff like that, I think people will uh, judge him a little more harshly uh, internationally just based off the fact that he kind of left with a bad image. He missed a penalty kick. Uh, in the championship match, and and then he just quit after that. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to go over too well internationally. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I I, I read the headlines, and I I heard, you know, that he basically just, like, got frustrated that he quit on Argentina. I mean, he's one of the best, best guys in the – one of the best soccer players in the world. Uh, I think it's between him and Ronaldo and, and, you know, a few more guys. So I understand what you're saying with the, you know, the the ties to his country. You know, people can forget that. But internationally, people that really don't know what's going on, they're going to take a step back and look at him and and think, like, yeah, he gave up, he's quitting. So I honestly do agree with you. I think locally or within his country, they're still going to claim him as the best, but inter- internationally around the world, they're not going to. All right. Um, do you have any overtime that you want to talk about? Hmm. Do you have any overtime? How about you sign off? Uh, sure. Um, I just don't I don't agree at all with the AP thing, man. He's just, I don't think he's going to get a chance. <laughs> he's just not going to get a chance. He's he's old, man. And 
and I know he got a year off, but but the the NFL is a cutthroat organiz like entity. There you go, entity. That's the best way to to describe it. It's like the owners don't give a damn. They don't care. <laughs> and if you're not producing, if you're not producing, I mean, in this day and age, they don't want anything to do with you. I don't I don't care if your name's AP or not, and you're a future Hall of Famer. I mean, you might you might find an organization right now that's just that desperate to kind of sell tickets that they would take them like, mm, nah, I, I don't even know off the top of my head. I was going to say the Rams, but they got Gurley, and he's young. Yeah. So he's probably he's probably established there. And, and I mean, the Jaguars, the Jaguars got rid of Maurice Jones-Drew uh, when he was right around, what, 30? So they're not going to take an over 30 AP probably. So maybe Cleveland Browns would take him. He could he could yeah. fade away in that organization, but um, it's going to be tough for him to get a job after like four seasons. Even if he does any help right now, because he's looking like trash in in uh, Indy. I, man, but I mean, if if you really sit back and look at it, though, I mean, a lot of times will and determination can take you very far, and AP is that guy. He it almost seems like he's like part military. I mean, the way he is, the way he acts. And I think he has five years left in him. I'm not saying they're going to be good years, but I think he has five years left in him. So if you break it down, if he does have five years left in him, he has to average something like, I don't know, I think it's like 1,300 yards a season. So with three great years, if he can get you 1,400, 1,500 yards, that knocks it off towards the back end where he's only going to have to get 800 or 900 yards. So – I think that say he's in his fourth or fifth year that I think, you know, it's going to be over, but he finishes that year and he's only like five or 600 yards away, he's going to play one more season and he's going to get that because running backs like AP don't come often. I mean, and as you said, the, the game has transitioned for real, but you don't really have an every down back like AP anymore. You know, everybody's running these two running back systems for the most part, and AP – you know, he, he comes back from that year off when he got suspended and led the league in rushing. So either that says that the league is horrible with running backs or either AP is very good or a, a combination of two. But, like I said, I think he still has three top years left. And don't forget, he's only two or three years removed from rushing for 2,000 yards. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me in one of these next couple, couple of seasons that he rushes for 1,700, 1,800 yards because I understand the Vikings are on the come up. They have Teddy Bridgewater. The receiving core is getting better. But they're still – I mean, if Teddy Bridgewater starts balling out, I mean, that's just going to open up the run for AP because they're not going to be stacking the box anymore to this year that Teddy Bridgewater is going to burn them. So, I don't think he's ever going to break out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think know, that man. ship I just, is filled. I just think that with with him, how he's been in the media over the last few years, talking about you know he does want to go after that record. I mean he's he's within sight right now. Other, I mean six thousand yards. A lot of people think that's far away, but it, it really isn't if he can produce the numbers that he has been his whole career. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it sounds nice. It really does. I'm sure there's probably more people that agree with you than agree with me. But when it comes to the league, man, I'm just a pessimist. I'm, I'm, 
I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing well, it. No, no really, Cowboys gonna, fans are going to agree with you. In like four, in like four seasons max, we're going to be sitting here having a conversation in a chat or something like, man, I can't believe Adrian Peterson is still a free agent. <laughs> like that's, just, that's how I feel. Um, wow. One other thing I wanted to call you out on though is because you're an Eli fan, you took up for Andrew don't Luck. Do Andrew it. Luck sucks, man. He sucks. I don't want to hear. Look, he's terrible. Listen. I'm so sick of people giving Andrew Luck such a pass. He's a turnover machine. And I know Peyton came in. He was a turnover machine, too. But, damn it, Peyton changed. Peyton got better. There was not, There was the shoulder injury. Oh, it was the offensive line. Oh, he doesn't have blocking, yada, yada, yada. There's been an excuse every freaking year for Andrew Luck. The only excuse he should be using is the fact that he was coached by Harbaugh, and Harbaugh don't win championships. If he wants to make an excuse, but this this other crap, nah, man, he's only getting paid because there's honestly no other way around it. What, what's your other option besides uh, Andrew Luck? I mean, we're talking about the man coming from a season where people legitimately were arguing start Hasselback. That's terrible. Look. He's only been in the league for four years, and he missed half of last year, so three and a half basically as far as playing. You know, I, I understand Peyton Manning, he, he did get better. So, I mean, it's not like Andrew Luck is 35 years old about to retire. I mean, this he dude should. still has time. Oh, my gosh. You know, <laughs> you're killing me. You're killing me. But, no, I mean, seriously, I understand what you're saying. The turnover, he's a turnover machine. but it, And he needs to calm down not only his interceptions but his fumbles. Because this dude fumbles the ball a lot. I know because of fantasy football. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, um, okay, 18 interceptions his first year. I'll give him a pass on that. He's a rookie. I mean, he didn't throw, what, like 30 like Peyton did. Um, Next year he only threw nine. The next year after that he threw 40 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. I will take a quarterback throwing 16 interceptions. Maybe that's because I'm an Eli fan. But, I mean, that's that's basically one a game. Okay, that's cool. And, I mean, he was on pace last year. He only played seven games. He was on pace last year to throw for close to 40 more touchdowns. So, he can work on his mechanics and stop the turnovers. He can do that. And, like I said, he's he has gone every single year he's made the playoffs. He's gone for the wild card round, second year divisional. Next year was the AFC championship game. So, I guess this year, if he plays fully healthy, they'll lose in the Super Bowl. So Again, again I, you, go ahead, finish, man. I'm on that. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I would say it sounds good, but the fact remains that he's terrible, terrible. You can't win with turn the ball over like that. The only reason why it's not, uh, to me, such a magnified problem is because his team has been so much better than his crap division. Like, if you stuck him in any halfway <laughs> decent division, like where people will actually capitalize off your turnovers, I mean, the the – what is it? The um, AFC South is isn't the South? Yeah, South. They're the yeah. equivalent of uh, the freaking NFC East, and, and and like to me, that's what I see when I look at that division. It's just basically only competitive because the teams are just that bad that they can't capitalize off of each other's mistakes. But like, it's just bad. It's bad football, and and he's the catalyst of the bad football, man. T.Y. Hilton saves him majority of the time. The dude can't throw accurately anymore. It's bad. It's bad. Now, and a, he's young enough to change 
He's young enough to change, and and I could very well eat my words, but we rode Andy Dalton for being crap the majority of his career by just heaving the ball, and then you got what did I call? I actually called him that last year. Was was it Andrew Dalton or something like that? That's exactly what he looked like. <laughs> He was, he was like Andy Dalton without the red hair. You just throwing the ball up in the air. You're like, what are you doing, man? Are you paying homage to Brett Favre? Because that's what it looks like. Look, I'm just, give the guy some, some – look, he's going to surprise you this year. All right, I think, he's going to surprise you this year. I think you're a turnover – a QB turnover sympathizer just because you're an Eli okay. fan. That's like me taking up for somebody that – that, like me taking up for like an RG3 type person because they scramble and they they have the ability to make plays, but they just can't win games. That's that's exactly what it's like right now. I'm I'm so disgusted. I mean, look, who who has the most interceptions in NFL history? I mean, I'm assuming it's Brett Favre. I mean, I don't it see how it could not Favre, be Brett Favre. He was a hell of a quarterback. And he oh. was a hell of a quarterback. Oh my God. <laughs> He I'm was he was man. a decent he was a decent quarterback he was a decent quarterback. Mm-hmm. America fell in love with the image of him running down the field with his with his excitement and his hair in the wind and he's Caucasian so that's what they love about Brett Favre and, and the number four. But in all honesty, if you if you put his his uh, career under a scope for every time you cheer for a touchdown, there was two times you cussed him out for an interception. And that's what they should remember him for. And then you stay up till about three in the morning watching film, man. You tell yep. For no for no reason. For no reason. Wow, he's just gonna heave it up at the end of the game. You better hope Antonio <laughs> Freeman, Donald Driver, and James Jones or whoever he was throwing to it during his his uh his run, you better hope somebody comes down with it. God. Taking up for people who turn the ball over. It's the name of the game, you don't turn the ball over. You can't protect the ball. You're not a winner. I don't want nothing to do with you. That's my Mike Singletary rant. I'm done. Dude, we're bringing Singletary into this, really? <laughs> I just, oh, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's fitting, you know. I can't play with hey, him. While, I can't coach him. While we're talking it, about football, though, I do want to throw it out for anybody that's listening. Um, are we starting next week or the week after? Uh, um, give me, give me the week after. Let's do the week after because. It's it's been kind of slow on the football front for some reason uh, this last right. couple of weeks. All right, that's cool. So, um, starting the week after next, we are going to go uh, division by division each week. Um, I'll probably put something on Facebook. Well, Facebook doesn't allow me to do a poll in that group. I think some RC rigged up. I don't know, but um, I can't do a poll in there, so I'll get somebody to do it. But we'll we'll poll everybody and see what division do you want us to do for that week. Uh, we're going to go over the division, every team in it, what they've done over the off season, what they did last year, what do we think they're going to do this year. Um, we're going to ask for your guests to come on the show, um, maybe one or two. So um, just keep listening in and see what we're going to or what division we're going to go over. And then um, I think what, right before the – I guess the, the week before the um, – or the week of – the, the game's about to start for the regular season in the NFL. I guess we'll we'll do a show on, like, the predictions, like what do we think is going to happen, who's going to go to the Super Bowl, all of that um, all of that stuff. So just keep listening. It's going to get uh, really good. Yep. Definitely um, going to 
try to be informative and not troll as much as I would like to. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I I'll I will have um, I'll do some some film study as well. We'll try to get get detailed when we can and, and make it interesting for everybody. But um, if you are listening, uh, by all means, if you're a fan of a team, uh, we get to your division. Just hit us up, and um, we'll more than likely uh, find a place for you on the show. Uh, with that being said, uh, I am IBS Jesus, and my Twitter handle is at ActivelyLazy85. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. I, I just got a new phone, so I haven't downloaded the Twitter app yet, but I think I was up to about uh, – 1,020 followers, so I'm getting there. I'm getting there. The road to a million. So <laughs> share share my uh, tweets. Um, they're mostly soccer tweets right now. I'm, I'm trying to get out of my degenerative ways, uh, but w- they will be informative and also have links to things from IBS and IBN and our Twitter Twitter handle at Iconobomb. Uh, follow that as well um, as they do multiple things, uh, TV, movies, music, uh, sports, so it's got something for everybody. Hey, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, C underscore Breeze 222. Um, hit me up on there if you want topics or anything to be discussed. Um, and then, of course, my personal page on Facebook is Cody Stewart. All right. So this has been the episode of Head to Head the week of June 30th. Remember, we don't make excuses for quarterbacks who turn the ball over, and Lionel Messi is a quitter. We're out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>